Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. No. That you found that hairbrush. It's a floor hairbrush. I think that's a dog's hairbrush. These are not dog hairs. You would know. Yeah. There's one off. Oh, where's my bag? Where's your bag? All right, I think we're, I think we're, are we good? Right. We're great. Aw. Sweet. You and me, we're great. Together. That's why I separated you. That's why I separated you. <laughs> That's well, I'm, uh, I'm upset that I'm on the right because I consider myself in the I center. I hate this. I'm so mad. <laughs> Off to a great start. Great start. <sighs> Welcome to Waypoint Radio Live, PAX East 2018. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Just gonna open, crack open, open a cold one with the boys. What's good, Boston? It is April seventh, and you are here for Waypoint Radio. We're all gonna drink a beer now. Where did these come from? Uh, Andy. Oh, and, right Andy there. Stand up. In, uh, stand up. Thank you for this very good beer. Um, and here's the weirdest thing. Okay, no, that's not true. I was gonna say the weirdest thing about PAX is I actually played games this time. The weirdest thing about PAX is the terrible food Patrick ate last night. Um, Wait, what? You didn't hear this. No. Mogusta. I hate this. Um, That means I like it. That means you like it, yeah. No Mogusta. (laughs) So we went to, we have an Airbnb on what I've heard people call the island, which is like this place, this part of Boston. Uh, And when we came in, we were like, we looked across the way and I was like, it's a nice Airbnb, it's a nice area, there's some like restaurants and stuff. You're welcome. Thank you for finding it. I appreciate it. And there's a place called Magoo's Pizzeria, which I like because it didn't just say Magoo's Pizza. They're like, we got to class this place up. Pizzeria. Um, and on the door, there was a sign that said, try our famous Magusta. M-C-G-O-O-S-T-A. Magusta. Okay. All right. Yeah, I get which it. I get it. sounds get it. like a bad thing. Oh, 100%. Um, and late last night, I realized I had not eaten anything since breakfast. Mm-hmm. And Patrick, we realized you were drinking and should probably eat something. I was like, I'm going to go with some friends and go to get Magoo's. Could have gone anywhere. You had a car. We had a car. Could have gotten seafood. In Boston. And instead of. Maybe like, you don't want seafood, though. No. Maybe there's seafood in the Magusta. I don't know. They probably had a seafood Magusta, but not by the time I got there. Because I got there and it was like, okay, it's, it's like a divey pizza place. Do you know what I mean? Which is cool. Like, I'm from New York. I like divey pizza places, even in Boston. And uh, it was not a, an insult. Uh, and I, so, it was a little bit of an insult. Uh, and I go in, and it's like a dude who has never seen a Celtics game in his life in a Celtics hat, which I very much agree with. Like, yep put on the uniform, uh, and go up, and it's, you know, it's like 22-year-olds who are all a little bit drunker than me, so I can't really drag them, and the sign that's like, here's the different pizzas that they have, here's like the per slice cost, here are the various magustas. doesn't say what a magusta is. There's multiple, though. But there you are know. Like seven flavors, like buffalo chicken, okay, pesto. Okay, 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 okay. Are we, like, is it like Mr. Magusta? Or? It's spelled, no, it's Magusta. No, it's, it's got to be a play on Magusta. Okay. It's got to be a plan. Does it? Does it? Uh, <laughs> I think they just said, like, you know what sounds good? Getting magusta Okay. All right. Your McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's is showing. <laughs> but Magusta, okay. Magusta, Magusta. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, oh, uh, all week, Patrick has been telling me that his favorite flavor is buffalo chicken. Just in life. Just like anything. Wait, we had buffalo chicken fried Brussels sprouts the other day. Hell yeah. Those, were good. Were, those were good. I, I, was like, I just try and push people towards, like, doesn't that sound interesting mm-hmm. for you for, <laughs> and me? And also me, the buffalo chicken lover who has signed on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I was like, oh, can I get a buffalo chicken? I was like, can I get two slices of pizza? I was like, can I get two slices of pepperoni? And he said, no. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, it's going to be like that. Okay. I'll get two. Che- it was like chicken bacon ranch. You know, like I, was, I didn't need all that. Also, it was Magoo's Pizzeria, and I was not trying to test it. I have a panel today. So I was like, I'll get two cheese slices. And also, could you get me a, a buffalo chicken Magusta to go for my friend? And he said, no. <laughs> I said, okay, well, then can I get, uh, and he said, here's what I have, and pointed at the one Magusta. That was which, left? That was left. Okay, so, I all right. I think it was chicken. So they bacon. are famous, and, like, they're hot. <laughs> right. There were none left. It was 1130, you would I think. Mean, that, was, huh. that was the chosen one. Like, the one that's left behind is clearly the best one. Right. And so it was like. You should go to Austin's Twitter account, like, right now, and he has yeah, an image of it. I do. So you're just going to, like, picture in your mind, or alternatively, Go to Google Image Search and search for Magusta, M-C-G-O-O-S-T-A. It's the third image down. You're going to be upset, but like, you get the idea of what we're working it's with. It's a stromboli, is what it is. It's a stromboli. Yeah. It's like a disease no, that's, stromboli. No, show the weird, the gross okay, one. I'll show you the panel content. I'll show you this one. That's bread. <laughs> That's so, just bread filled with ham. Like, what the fuck? Our world-famous Magusta. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm shocked Patrick's here because I came home and put it in a fridge. and was like, here it is, I guess. <laughs> and then I came out in the middle of the night, and you were just, like, in the kitchen, just like, ah, ah. It was, like, burnt to a crisp. It looks like a turd. It does. In a style. Tasted fairly similarly to one, too. Not surprised you Not surprising. It. So I'm glad mm. you're here. Rob, also, hey, we should I heard... introduce everyone. I'm we going. Like... So that was the okay. Patrick Klepek right. introduction. Hello, I'm Patrick that, Klepek. That was the opening. <laughs> that, was, that, was, um, that, was that was Donuts and Grievances. Donuts and Grievances. Donuts we and did grievances. it. We did it. Yeah, yeah. Donuts Cuts. and Magustas. Right. Uh, second person, Rob Zachney, who also... Didn't please. have a great dinner last night. Yeah. I got a... Are you oh, reading it. our names off your phone? No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob Zach, uh, Zachny. Zancy. Zanson. Is yeah. it you at Zanson? I get Zancy all the time. Huh. Like a yeah, hard C. Cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm the only person on the team whose name is ever mispronounced. Danica. Uh, fuck. King Herod. <laughs> Herod. Okay, thank you. I get a text from Rob this morning, uh, uh, and he says, hey... Moving a bit slow this morning. Dude, I haven't gotten horribly food poisoned yesterday. What's going on with our team and food? So here's the thing. I had a friend come out of town. <laughs> you had a friend in Boston? Yeah. You here's don't the say. Thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, like, they're from upstate New York, and I don't even know if they have seafood in upstate New York. Uh, by by wow. all accounts, they do not. You gotta go. Uh, it's time to go. <laughs> what, what's, what? Is it not okay to... No, you can't reach? make fun of New York at all. Wow. Upstate New York is off limits? Thank you. Thank you for clapping. (laughs) Shout out to New York. What's good? The Texas of the Northeast. Uh, No, so uh, so I had a friend from uh, upstate New York, and I was like, we got to get seafood because you're in Boston, and why stop at one type of seafood? Why not eat all the seafood at once uh, at the end of a long restaurant shift? Uh, That's that's definitely the move to make. So it was, I don't know if it was the clams, the oysters, the raw tuna tartare, uh, that was it. Everyone knew. They know. They know what it was. The raw tuna tartare. You said raw twice. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it, it was. It was a little raw. Uh, so yeah, uh, one of those. One of those got me. And uh, I'm just. Really or all glad. of them. Or maybe it was a sum effect. So I'm just really glad Danielle wasn't staying at my apartment last night. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Danielle. Also <laughs> sick. Speaking of Danielle is sick. Also so sick. Shout out to Danielle. Shout out to Natalie. Not sick, as far as I know. Not sick. But not. But cute. she just like. She just found out that she she's graduating. Prepared. So she's, she's graduating. That's incredible. Yeah, she's graduating Shout out college. to Natalie. Yeah. Hashtag hire Natalie. Hashtag hired Natalie. Yeah. Also joining us, and I don't think who's had any food disasters yet, Danica Herod. I haven't had any food disasters because I stopped eating solid food and have replaced half of my food intake with meal replacements. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm good. I'm regular. I'm like, we're good. We're good. You know we're what? good. Clap for we're being good. regular. We're good. We're out here. So also joining us, Austin Walker. I keep forgetting to eat. Uh, Oh, you, oh, did you say you here. forgot to eat? You yeah. To, oh, last that's surprising. Night, that's, you've never done that before. Last night, I was like 11 p.m. It was like 11 p.m. And I was like yeah. drinking mm-hmm. because it's PAX. Uh, and someone was like, have you, have you eaten anything? And I was like, 
Oh, shit. Like, I completely forgot. (laughs) And I'm glad I ate because if I hadn't, it would have been one of those nights at like 1 a.m. I get home. And my stomach is like, yo, we had a deal. (laughs) You've got to put food inside of me. Um, So thank you to Keith and Arden who insisted I eat food. And then I did. Uh, The other stuff that I've done, though, is played video games at PAX, which is, like, not a rare thing. It's just rare that I get to do the panel by the time I've played video games. Um, And I've seen a bunch of cool shit. Like, I don't want to, like, just talk about things I've seen. So I want to see, like, let's start with things you all have seen. What has stood out to you so far at this PAX? With Tom. With Tom. Yeah. Yes. That game was, was very fun, and I played it today. Did Keita Takahashi, like, make fun of you the way he made fun of me the last time I played with no, Tom? No, but I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, talk to us about with Tom. Um, with Tom is just, like, this, this little game where you interact with all the characters around you, and you get, basically, you get bigger and bigger and bigger, and not bigger and bigger and bigger, but, like, more thing, more more characters come out, right. and you interact with them. There's you toilets. Like become a toilet. Um, the end of the demo that I was playing got a little glitched out, so I didn't get to finish it. I didn't get to, like, explode at the end or whatever. Um, but okay. it was very fun and colorful. It's super colorful. It's, like, very, like, um, if you liked the way out stream in a weird way, where it's just, like, I'm going to press things and, like, do weird side things and, and, like, make my own fun. But Tom actually does that in, like, a bright, colorful like cartoon vomit world. Intentional. Right, yeah, intentional. Right, right. Unlike a way out. Uh, very intentional. The games that I played, and I also played Piku Niku. Like, I, I what is Piku Niku? Because I keep Piku hearing people say play Piku Niku and I have not yet. Piku Niku is this just couch co-op game where you're these two little circle characters and you have to work together to like kick each other over things and it's just like a little nice little co-op game. And There's like three of those in that space. That's so Indie Mega Booth. Yeah. Right? And it's like right near Fogs. Which mm-hmm. is like the cat dog game, but they the didn't get the game, cat yeah. dog license. The, ben- the bendy dog dog. Yeah, if you know cat dog, which is like it's a cat and also a dog, it's like that, but co-op. Um, and then only know, '90s kids now. Only '90s, only kids, 90s, now. 90s, only kids, true 90s now. kids now. And then we also played a game called The Trial of Ilk, which is another like co-op game where you're also attached by like a tether and which kind of a, like? the rights of ilk. Rights of ilk. What right. are they? Trials. Rights. rights. Google it. It, it, it. That one seemed good. I think that I liked checking out games that didn't have me feeling stressed out. Like, I didn't wait in line to play Battlegrounds. I didn't play any games where I was worried about time or uh, dying. <laughs> I just chilled out. I chilled out. Welcome to PAX. I needed it. I was very overwhelmed yesterday. There were a lot of people. There were a lot of people. I'm so mad we did Friday. So we did, like, we came in Thursday night, and are doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In retrospect, we should have done Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because I hear Thursday, no one was here. And that would have been really fun to just, yeah. like, actually walk around. And, and yesterday, stuff. someone was confused by the line situation. I was not I confused by the line situation. Went, yeah. No, you didn't get there until after. No, but there had, like... No, I went to where the media entrance was. There was That media entrance was completely backed up. I went there. I know where that is. See, I we'll deal with this people. off mic. A <laughs> man of the people went in through the main entrance and was ushered straight to the show floor. <laughs> I love Rob just being like, had no problems here. Hosanna, Hosanna, Zachney, Zachney, Zach. Sorry, I have Jesus Christ Superstar on the mind. Shout out to John Legend. <laughs> Rob Zachney, you came in yesterday uh, early, man of the people, before your haircut. Right. Uh, and what did you do? What did you say? Uh, so I played enough Phantom Doctrine to be asked to, be, to stop, please. Uh, <laughs> by the what is Phantom Doctrine? Uh, so it's like... XCOM meets the Americans, maybe, is the, is the way to put it. It's End of the, Cold War. Uh, yeah, well, it's more like, um, it's like an alternate Cold War mm. where some, like, shadowy intelligence agency is trying to trigger World War III between, like, the West and the East. Gotcha. And so all your team is sort of, like, classically Mission Impossible, like, you're disavowed. And everyone is against you, and you have to prove that, like, you know, there's shenanigans going on uh, behind the scenes. And it's a bit like... Um, if you sometimes felt that Invisible Ink would have been way better if you could just murder every last person <laughs> in the level, if you sometimes felt like that maybe a, you know, burn the forest down solution would have been preferable in Invisible Ink, I think Phantom Doctrine uh, might be the game for you. Or the opposite, right? Which is like, if you think XCOM or XCOM 2 should sometimes let you do the, cons- the kind of like stealth stuff, actually sneak in, gather information a little bit more about like uh, operating against people who operate the way you do and like gather intelligence on you. Really cool. Well, yeah, uh, except that's not how this demo works, apparently. Well, we got a different demo, so I'm, tell me your <laughs> demo. So wait, you get, okay, so, okay, so I go into this demo and I'm like, 
well, I'm, I am Mr. Espionage. Like, I watch all this. <laughs> one, of, one of Rob Zaki's many aliases. Who, who among Mr. us does now look at Rob and go, Mr. Mr. Espionage? Mr. Espionage. <laughs> Just the lowest profile dude on Team Wave. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Hiding uh, in plain sight, honestly. Look, if, if watching Three Days of the Condor, like, <laughs> twice every year has not made me a super spy, then nothing will. Uh, <laughs> So I start playing this game, and, like, the scenario opens, and all my dudes are wearing Kevlar for some reason, like, in a street (laughs) by, like, a secure entrance to this building where I've got to go, like, murder a guy and bust somebody out of prison. And naturally, I concluded, well, clearly this is a stealth mission. (laughs) So I start, I spend the next 20 minutes having these, like, dudes walking around in, like, bomb disposal suits like around the street trying not to get noticed and like peering through windows and I was like I'm pretty sure I can do this without going loud um, and eventually like I was, I was about to make my move like I, I had things set up I had people on the inside ready to like kill the security team <laughs> uh, I think if I'd been given just 35 more minutes <laughs> I really would have like raised some hell uh, but Sadly, like, just as I'm about to, like, you know, make my play, the developer comes over and is like, so, do you need help? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I might, honestly. (laughs) Uh, And so it turns out that that mission was meant to be, like, you just walk down the alley with the guy with the, like, M60 machine gun. Maybe that should have been my clue that this was not a stealth mission. Like, right. what, like the leader of the squad was, like, carrying the M60, like, platoon style. <laughs> uh, and I should have probably just taken that probably. as a cue. Uh, but instead, I tried to stealth it, and I really couldn't. Uh, but the cool things were that, like, there's kind of three ways you can use your agents. They can be sort of, like, off-map support. Uh, they can be, like, uh, inside, like... In disguises, guns. basically, yeah. right. Or they can be, like, straight-up XCOM soldiers. The other weird thing is that the combat is, like, deterministic. Right. There's, There's no role to hit. It's more like Invisible Ink, which is like, no, you're going to hit, but you'll spend some resource to do that, basically. Right. And so it's, it's much less about, like, it's not going to be the dice are going to screw you. It's much more about, like, once the action begins, are you making the optimal choice yeah. with your chosen line of play? Uh, so it was really, really cool if I'd been able to make it work, or if I'd read the writing, like, scrawled on the wall, <laughs> uh, basically, but I didn't... Kill these people, it said that. Yeah, and then, so, so you had a real, all right, so, I mean, a real experience. I had a different... <laughs> so I saw you, and you are like, go play Phantom Doctrine, and also understand that this is a, like, go-loud mission. So what I did, I didn't have an appointment, and I also didn't have time to, like, wait in line, so the Phantom Doctrine booth is near the Indie Mega booth. It's, like, just behind it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's the one that has, like, bricks and chain-link fence and, like, fake razor wire, barbed wire... Um, and so I went to one of those like open things that look into the, where the demos are done on the other side of the fence. And I just kind of like went up to him, put my hands on the chain link fence. I was like, "Hey, hey!" And I like PR person was like, "What? What?" It came over to the fence. I was like, "Do you have do you have press appointments?" And they were like, "One second. And they brought over another. Be like, "I'm not a PR person, really. I just work." At, one second. And they brought over somebody else. And then they looked at me and they were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like. Getting in the mood. Wait, this is this happened to me too. So after after they came and sort of put me out of my misery, uh, I was like, maybe I should schedule a real appointment, and you can tell me how this is supposed to work. And then I was introduced to like four different people, each of whom was going to be the person in charge of the schedule, and each person like looked like they had no idea what the hell anyone was talking about. Yeah. It's, Pax uh, is hard, all right? I'll cut yeah. them some slack. They got me a spot. I sat down, uh, and they, we, then we spent, like, it was like streaming XCOM with you. We spent 40 minutes before we even got to a fight. It was just, like, looking at all the metastructure stuff. And that stuff is rad as hell, because it is very much going into the espionage stuff of, like, capturing enemy agents, like Metal Gear Solid Five, um, and, like, you know, giving them code words so that you can send them back into the field and then deploy them in the middle of another combat action or doing intelligence runs, or getting... There's, like, a whole... You know, in spy movies and conspiracy movies, you get the corkboard, and you have to, like, put things up and, like, put, pull the, uh, like, the string around. Or, or if, like, you're a shitty online conspiracy theorist and have MS Paint, um, same thing, basically. Just draw red lines everywhere. But in this, you get just, like, raw, like, uh, info dumps. And it'll be, like, um, you know, 
we tried to we tried to activate broadsword you know on uh, Athena and like I don't know what either of those are and you click on broadsword you click on Athena and it adds it to like a glossary and as you put more stuff on the board you can start connecting things and then eventually will like reveal enemy who undercover enemy agents are it, like does that fantasy super well and then we got to the part where you were like uh, it turns out you have to go you have to go loud you have to kill everybody and I played that whole mission without killing anybody and I knocked everybody out and I used my undercover people to very quickly. <laughs> I escaped with a guy, and I had a sniper shoot in from off map. It was great. It was really cool. Yeah, this is great, guys. We got it. <laughs> uh, that game's out at some point, and we'll, we'll have to stream that and talk through what we our plan. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Speaking of plans, Patrick, we played something this morning that was all about planning. Got a note card here. God damn. Okay. Hold on. I just want to let me preface this. Yeah. We're talking about a game. I collected questions at the door. Uh-huh. This one was handed to me. Yeah. This one, the person said, this is for you. I pull it out. It's very important. She is sweetie. And she got feeties. <laughs> Thanks for that, Danica and Patrick. McDonald's, Pat- McDonald's, McDonald's. Pa- Patrick, we saw a video game this morning. Hold on. So I had a moment right before this panel. Uh-huh. We both went to the bathroom. It was like, yo, we're going to go to the bathroom before the panel. Be ready. I mean, not together, what? but I saw you on the way. Oh Hold on. So I have complicated thoughts on... Yeah, the there's a lot of complicated things happening here. Something's I'm happening here. What is, what is going we're on? We're Magusta Bros. Let, let's, un- let's unpack. Let's unpack. Let's unpack this. I have complicated thoughts about being a public figure. You know, like being recognized. Like coming to PAX, like I specifically don't like jumping lines and stuff like that because it's like it's a fan convention. It's like I'd rather that's what people are here for. They right. paid to be here. They waited in line. And like you being the dude that's like, well, you've waited 40 minutes. But like, you know, what if I just sneak in and play that game? Mm-hmm. You mean you being the dude going up against the chain link fence being like, yeah, hey, they had an unused hey, booth for press. I didn't on? cut oh, in front of anybody. I don't think. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom. And so I'm staying in the line, like, you know, to go to the urinal. And the guy at the front, like, you know, he's presumably waiting to go, too. He looks at me, and he's like, don't you have a panel? I was like, yeah. He's like, just go. And, like, I thought for, like, a half second. I was like, am I going to skip the urinal line because someone recognized me? Yes. (laughs) Good. Nice. Nice work. Good. Very good. Turns Very out good. being a public figure is awesome. <laughs> I paid it. Harassment, Gamergate, that sucks. Skipping Skip. the urinal, like, Switch. I'm uh, I paid it for, because when I went to the urinal after you, you told me this, the secret, which was everybody was in line for the family room, not the actual bathroom. It's got so bigger I, space to, you know, I, you, do your thing, I guess. I, yeah, sure, totally. Family size. So I went in, and it was one of those situations where there was a second line for the men's room of, like, eight people. Mm-hmm. And there were four urinals. <laughs> like, no one was at a urinal at all. Everyone was, thought they were waiting for a urinal, was not. I was like, oh, there's three of these. I'm like, oh, yes. So you just like, see the joy on everyone's face. Like, oh, I can go pee right now. I should have told my guy. I was like, yo, I got someone coming. <laughs> the chosen Keep one. Keep an eye out for Austin. Yeah. Like, if you could just hold this space hold this for like another minute. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is very um, on topic. Video yeah, games. Video games, <laughs> huh? <laughs> We played Due Process. We played Due Process, which you might have seen years ago as like a first-person shooter where everyone was like a big blue or red block person. There were like no graphics to speak of, really. Um, we played it this morning, and there were graphics now, uh, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's a, uh, the police are cool. Not, not what I said, because I got to play as a criminal. 
and kill a bunch it's, of police. Uh, if anyone played like, the original Rainbow Six game, like uh, one of the cool things about the uh, like original uh, Rainbow Six game was that like before you did a mission, you like had this map and you could like plan out like what you were going to do and like assign people to different like squads to different areas. Like they're going to go in through this door, you're going to go in through that door, um, and that stuff all got streamlined out when that series got popular, which makes sense because it was. The original Rainbow Six was also like you got shot once and you die. Yeah. Like it was a it was a hard ass game. Um, and then the way this game is like it imagines like Counter Strike or or another game where like any game where you're playing where we're about to raid this room and like we've got a plan and let's hope that plan works. Like what if you distilled that moment into like a two minute round like right. a video game all on its own. Right. So you yeah, either play the, the the police or you play the criminals. And you're either breaching this room or you're the criminals defending it to, like, blow up a bomb. Right. Um, In a convenience yeah. store. It's like a real shitty convenience store. You do not try the Magustas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it opens with a map screen. Like, and, like, you're... Uh, a collaborative one. Where, like, if Patrick draws a line, I can see. So he can be like, oh, there's windows here. Let's, as the, as the cops, we have to breach this place. So let's circle the windows and be like, all right, two of us are going to go faint going through there. And then a right. third, like, the third and fourth uh, people are going to go the other way and breach some wall. Or, like, and the developers were explaining to us, like, you're like, hey, like, okay, you're going to have the sniper rifle. And it's like, here's the best way, here's the best line of sight for where they're probably going to come in. And he could draw that on the map. And, like, and the thing that we haven't mentioned is all of the maps are proc gen. Yeah. Uh, and so you have like, oh shit, okay, this, this map is like a convenience store with a long, weird hallway that then goes back to like a freezer or something. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go in the freezer. The freezer can't be breached and we're going to set up like a turret at the end or whatever and have this long fight. And the other part of this is all of your gear carries over round from round and you, both sides have a limited amount of stuff. Yeah, and there's no economy. It's not like uh, no. Counter-Strike or other games are like, oh, you got seven kills so like, you can go spend that money. Right. It's like, uh, you have El Riot Shield. You have, like, a sniper rifle. You have two wall breaches. Hold on. I've gotten a little turned around, though. So, is the frame of reference the tactical map plan? Like, is it Frozen Synapse? Or is it first person, like, the The, the gameplay is first person. Rocket. Okay. So, you, you start on a map, and then you kind of zoom into first person, grab your gear, and then go defend or attack. Um, and, the, you know, the combat feels really cool, but the thing that's, it, first of all, it's, like, going to be a very funny stream game because it has lots of agency and, like, expressivity in terms of... Like, well, Shit goes wrong very, very quickly. <laughs> you make lots of bad plans. Uh, a lot of times, as the criminals, we're like, let's shoot out the lights. That way they can't see us. The cops have night vision. <laughs> we do not. And this went wrong. But if you end up winning that round, like, the unique equipment for each faction, like... If you win the round and you're still alive, you can loot the other factions. You can carve them. We've played Monster Hunter. You carve <laughs> up the cops and take their night and Hopefully someone goggles. doesn't push you out of the way of your car. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's like, yeah, like, maybe you, as the criminals, can get the night vision glasses, and then you have that advantage. Right. So, like, then you can purposely, maybe you then take a sniper rifle, and then you purposely shoot out the lights right. so that you can sit in the back of a long hallway and, like... You can You're ready to as go. They, rush. Or, they told this story, yeah. which was oh, this is incredible. This is my favorite bit. So the cops do a thing that cops do, which is they blow holes in walls and doors and stuff. They have like breaching charges. They have a limited number, which is cool because two. if two three rounds for three rounds, so that means if they've used them in round one and round two, you know they don't have a breaching charge in the third round, and you can set up uh, you know to adjust for that. They told a story which was on the first round they killed the guy who had the clacker, which is the thing that sets off. The breaching Yeah, there are two separate items. There's, right. there's the, the actual, like, bomb, and right. then there's the thing that sets it off. So but you detonator. can't have someone, like, go sit at the bomb, and another person is who sets who it hits off. it. And so the criminals got the clacker. And in round two, the cops are like, all right, we're going to set up the breaching charge. All right, three, two. And then the criminal's like, nah, boom. Those <laughs> open the wall, and the criminals stream out and just get them. And it's just like, that's awesome. I cannot wait to see people get good at this game and play this game. Uh, it's called Due Process. And I think soon is what they said. Yeah, it's, it sounded like soon-ish, like that they will have either early access or is, is coming out. But it's, it's, it's a really neat game. And the one thing they said they were working on that wasn't as present in the version that we played was trying to find ways where players that aren't great at like headshots can like still be rewarded. So like right. for example, they have like a riot shield. So if you don't want to be the person that is shooting, you can just like hey, like everyone gets behind you and like right. you just move forward with this big shield or like a very common tactic in the game is like hey, go take a wall breach 
um, and just fire aimlessly into the hole because, like, you just want to distract them and right. send the players over there while the real team, like, goes around the back and then, like, shoots them. So, like, they're I did that a lot because I'm garbage. <laughs> but it, like, actually, like, I felt like I was contributing because it yeah. meant that two people were trying to fight me, which gave the rest of our team the ability to come in another way. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's, uh, we talked about to Rami, actually, uh, beforehand, and he was saying the thing he loves about it in general is, like, Indie devs don't make first-person shooters that often. Right. They make first-person games a lot. And, and one of the things that they do to subvert the first-person shooter is, like, no shooting. Or, like, we'll do an indie, like, first-person combat game or an indie exploration or narrative-driven game. But he was saying that, like, one of the great things about independent development is that you can kind of prototype new ideas and try really out-of-the-box stuff and that we need to do that with the shooter also. And, like, that's... We talked about receiver. Uh, and it's cool to see due process try that also. It's like, this is a small team trying to do something new in the space that is mostly trying to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, awesome. It sounds like I can hear Danica looking through question bucket questions. Yeah, to take a look and... I'm just going to pick one. Some, well, nope, it's a bucket that says the bucket. I got this I'm one. Pick okay, what's... It's not how buckets work. Well, Danica's the bucket. I'm the bucket, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that came out wrong. Austin, who, who was your favorite teen from Danica's 404 in it video yesterday? The, so Danica was at four, Pat Bayer's 404 in it, uh, which is a really great panel. That'll go, is there a video of that? Will that go up? Is Pat here? Does anybody know? If, it's going up. All right, awesome. So that'll go up at some point. Uh, and Danica brought a bunch of teens with her. Uh, video teens uh, who all loved two things hip hop and Minecraft uh, and video games. Maddie B. I mean, just they go together. Games. They do go like, together. Yeah. Uh, I think Galaxy Goats is my go to, mm-hmm. who is a guy who does dancing uh, and freestyling to Minecraft. Uh, he, he does kind of, he's like the Weird Al of Minecraft parodies. Oh, naturally. Naturally. He's my favorite, I think, by far. I'm just um, glad there were minions. Because there was also minions. I was excited, like, I got away from my kid for three days, like, no minions. But what, like, is, no, what, what did you like, think about... Minion gaming. <laughs> Minoin? What did you think Minoin about gaming? the beatboxing? The bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Very it? good. Uh, uh, here's, for people who went to 404, what of Abby Russell's videos? So Abby Russell, was it, was it, yeah, it was Abby who did all of the, like, talent show, yes. right? I looked up the last person on that show. You did. I did. So the, the last video was of someone who did a very inventive thriller dance, a mm-hmm. uh, very personal thriller dance. Um, and for some reason, Pat was like, she's dead by now. I was like, yo, she's not. She's that like, was 1984. Yeah. She's like 47 and, and is a teacher on Staten Island, which completely adds up. Very happy about that. Um, we have another bucket question? Uh, we have a lot of questions. I'm, Why are you it's organizing It's hard for me these? to choose them, you know, because it's like... You elected yourself to this responsibility. All right. Um, I think this is a good question and a nice question for us to talk about. What was the hardest thing about starting Waypoint? We talked about the name already, and that's probably not actually it, right? What is the hardest thing? I don't think it was the name. That was more just annoying. The name. Like a giant Google Doc list and like, oh, this one's taken by a different IP. It didn't listen. The one we took didn't stop other people. There's like Waypoint games. Who remembers Cafe. Halo Waypoint? No, Halo Waypoint. We did. We did. There, we I did. mean, I see the mentions every single day. The, like, the lawyer said it wasn't a big deal. Don't worry about it, which is weird because that's never what they said. As soon say. as they announced it, immediately got two texts from people I know at Microsoft. They were like, I work on Halo. Don't we have a Waypoint thing? I was like, I don't know, lawyers. Don't worry about it. Um, I think that the hardest thing has definitely been about like, all right, we're a small team, right? Like all said, counting everybody at the table plus Danielle plus Natalie, that's six. Joel is seven. Right? We have support staff throughout Vice who help us with other things. Um, that's not a lot of people. Like, even and also when we launched, it was just me, you, and Patrick. And, and, and Danielle. Joel, and Joel. But Danielle and started Mike. like... That's still the same. Oh, and Mike, shit. And Dylan, who was like doing production for us more. Right, right. It's the same amount of people. Don't worry about it. Um, but it's still a small amount of people compared to Polygon, which has in the 20s. Kotaku has in the 20s. Even Giant Bomb, which is a small site, has like 10 people now? I'm looking at Vinny. Give or take a couple. Um, and that's all, that's, it's weird what one or two more people can, can mean um, because it means that there's like, everybody has to do double or triple duty or at least wear a couple of different hats. Like in any given day, Danielle will be on a stream or editing or video editing. Whereas traditionally, you just have a person who does video editing. Right. Danica is our social editor, but also is on content, right? And like, that's not true for any other Vice site. 
everybody else there. We, it's like, oh, I just handle the Facebook and the Twitter right. and the Instagram or whatever, but it doesn't have to be forward-facing in that way. And so I think that was definitely the hardest thing was like figuring out the balance of that stuff given what we had. And when I got hired, so when I got hired, Waypoint didn't exist. And so they kind of just like put me wherever they could put me for the time being so I could also help start up Waypoint um, with, with Austin and Joel and then eventually Patrick and, and Danielle and also Mike. Um, but I was helping out one of Vice's old electronic music verticals, which now doesn't exist anymore, Thump. And, um, shout out to Thump. Shout and out, love yeah. Electronic music. Go watch all the Thump videos on YouTube before yeah, they're before not they're there. Yeah. Um, and so I really had like a first hand experience with how different every other site ran. And um, for me to step away from my work to like do a podcast at that time before Vice was doing podcasts, it was really hard to get even my manager to kind of understand not just video games because like my man, my boss loves Overwatch. Like he fucking loves Overwatch so much. He's a big fan. He never stops playing Overwatch. You guys thought um, about writing about Overwatch? Like, yeah, we <laughs> gave it some thought. But even he didn't really get like what we were doing. And so yeah. I think the, the hardest thing was getting people at Vice to understand what our mission was and I mean, what we wanted our mission to there, be. There was a really funny example of this recently. So, like, every week we have, like, a meeting where we go over, you know, like, what stories did well and, like, analyzing different data just to figure out, like, where we are as a site. And one of those metrics is, like, looking at different uh, posts on Twitter or Facebook that would be called overperform, where it's, like, if you were to take an, an, an average of any post, like, the ones that do much better than the average, like, let's look at why those did. And, <laughs> and our, the, Danica's boss was like, I was really glad, like, this time that um, two of the posts that overperformed were not shitposting posts. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> because then I have to explain to the people above me what shitposting <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, like, and we have to be like, no, it's good that shit posts do well. That's working. Like, yes, that is how Just you... call it engagement. Don't call it shitposting. Shit it's, 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 it's having a voice. And that was one of the things that, when I was interviewing at Vice, was really big when they were like, how could we improve here, here, and here? And I'm like, just, like, be people. Be like, people. Be, obviously, tons of amazing people work at Vice, and, and a lot of the Vice sites have great socials, but one of the things that they were really struggling with was connecting to an audience, and coming from my background in anime and now going into gaming, it's very similar where the audiences are super, super engaged, not only with the content, but with the creators right. behind that. Right. And I think that was like a big thing, and it's a thing that's happening across media, is a move towards personality-driven content, towards knowing who your writers are, who your, your podcasters are, towards engaging with them on a bunch of different uh, uh, kind of platforms, and expecting the entire publication to have an ethos and a voice. So that was like, okay, we have to figure out what that is, and then we have to convince people advice that like, that's a good thing to have. And it, it's one of those things that actually, I think, has helped us navigate some of the trickier waters advice. It's why in the fall, when, when there were, were uh, sexual harassment scandals advice, we were able to make the case that we needed to make a public statement about it. Because we'd established that that's the relationship we have with you in the room, right? Because like, we're, we're going to get called out on it. Right, we're not and we should. Something. And we so, should, like, we right? should we say something and make demands right? and, like, and, and address it. And so the only reason we were able to do that was because we made that clear ahead of time that that was a priority for us and we built those relationships. So that, that was hard. That was a difficult thing to do. I'm happy we did it. Same. Awesome. Um, so here's, a, here's another one. A lot of these questions we've talked about on previous Waypoint Radio episodes, um, a lot of stuff about, you know, content that maybe we shouldn't be consuming, maybe we should be reevaluating how we consume it, but here's a good one. Um, what do you do when the content you create is taken and used by bad actors. I've recently had the unfortunate experience of having some of my online work be misappropriated by online trolls to discredit the Parkland students, and I don't really know how to feel about it from Cameron. That sucks. That sucks. (laughs) Sucks. Uh, Well, there's a super tricky thing here that falls into, like, the question of power dynamics a lot, because there's a big difference between you as an individual creating something that then gets, like, taken by somebody else and used, and then, like, if a big company creates something, and then the fans of that take that and use it in a different way. Like, if an Overwatch community member uses, you know, uh, uh, something from the Overwatch, like, uh, edits an Overwatch comic to have, like, really funny or really cute or really sexy dialogue in an Overwatch comic, like, I hope Blizzard doesn't shut that down, right? Right. But there's a big difference between that and then, like, as an individual creator, you seeing your work 
kind of go Pepe, right? We see this happen so much, and we see this happen with, like, Ian Miles Chong, like, rewriting, like, our stories and posting screenshots that just say the complete opposite thing. This happens all the time. Yeah, I think for me, it actually, it's less about the work I do, because I think the work, my work ends up, like, speaking for itself pretty well, but it's more, like, one of the last questions at the Giant Bomb panel last night was about, like, your personal life and how much you, like, integrate that into what you share and your sort of like your work personality. And like for me, like the problem is less about my work being weaponized as much as like my personal life being weaponized. I was telling a story earlier today um, about how uh, like the moment where I really had to like crack down and like telling my wife she had like make her stuff private and stuff like that was because like I had made some just like shit posty comment about like quiet from Metal Gear Solid 5, um, just not even thinking about what it was. But the response to that was for, like, a group of people to, like, somehow comb certain parts of, like, my wife's Facebook that was, like, public and then, like, find photos of her, like, in a swimsuit from, like, our honeymoon and then do, like, grotesque photoshops oh, as, like, a response oh, to stuff like that. God. And because what they realized was, like, I'd gotten over-responding to them as, like, trolls, but right. they would weaponize personal information as a way of, like, trying to either go... And they win either way, right? You respond to that... They, they, they goat you into a response. Uh, they, if you don't respond to it, then, like, if you block them or something, like, that's a win for them either way. So for me, it's less about, like, my work being weaponized as much as, like, trying to realize that I'm a public figure and I like to share things about my life. And, like, I wish I could talk about my daughter more, but, like, I just won't. Right. Um, and, uh, and that stuff is the stuff that I end up, like, worrying about. Like, totally. whatever I say about kingdom come deliverance like whatever right. come at me but I mean like the, the truth of it is, is like when we make a statement about something like kingdom come deliverance or even like Rob you just wrote this great piece about MLB the show 18 uh, and that was really wild to me because that's one of my favorite pieces of games criticism that I've read in, in uh, games and sports criticism and kind of cultural criticism in the last year um, really go read it I've said, I said this on the podcast of this but like even if you don't give a shit about sports please go read you can Rob's. also listen to it you can also listen to it because it's in the podcast feed um, Rob does an exceptional job of kind of unpacking the fantasy of sports and sports and games in general as a kind of a separate part of life where nothing can, can kind of get in there. You're safe. Um, and one of the weirdest responses, but like, of course, was like, I can't believe he hates this game because of its politics. It's a sports game. It's a baseball game. Why doesn't he do He hates it because it's not liberal enough. And like, it's really funny they say liberal a lot with us, even though as people further on the left, liberal is a different bad word. Anyway, <laughs> um, we... Is it though? Mm-hmm. Thank you, centrist. Uh, <laughs> You want to like, switch? We could switch seats if you want. <laughs> but Rob, so I'm curious. Like, you saw that response from people who were like, "He doesn't like MLB the Show because it didn't vote for Hillary." Like, why? What was your response to that? Get- <laughs> so I guess the question is, did oh. I see that response? Oh, like that was out there. Or Sorry. Did, you, did you? Did it? Like, Go by. There's, yeah, there's not, like, it went by me. Right? Okay. Like, it's one of those things where it was out there, but like, so many people are, people are reading that piece. Am I really going to give a damn right. about the three people who read it, read part of it in the most uncharitable possible light and misstated both its arguments and conclusions to then try to get me to fight an argument on their terms? Right. And I'm just not going to do that because, like, I do not have the time or interest to engage with people like that. Right. I would much rather talk to people who have great stories to tell in reaction to that. Like, today we got an email about somebody talking about um, uh, during the Freddie Gray protests going to Camden Yards in in Baltimore, Mm. Gray Ballpark. uh, They didn't cancel the game. Uh, they, they were like, we're just going to forge ahead with the schedule. We can't reschedule it. And so while Baltimore is engaged in massive demonstrations against their uh, just almost hysterically corrupt uh, police force, uh, the ballpark is empty, and everyone is going through the motions of, like, this baseball game. Right. Everything is fine. Everything is normal. Like, nine innings, uh, three batters aside. Like, whew, great to be out at Camden Yards. What a ballpark. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, the stands are empty because right. all of Baltimore, no matter which side of this, you either stayed home or you were out, you were out in the streets. Uh, I would rather talk to people who have stories like that and make those connections with my pieces rather than try to argue with people who are clearly never going to be satisfied no matter how much you engage with them. Well, and so the kind of answer there to the core question is like, what do I do is keep making your content. Maybe even more basic and materially, if this is about a tweet, you can respond to your own tweet and that will be the first thing that shows up inside of Twitter. Uh, And so 
any sort of fear of like, oh, people are going to misunderstand. They're going to misunderstand. That's going to happen. If someone misuses your stuff, like you could at least have a sort of like, here is the clarification of the point I was trying to make. Fuck those assholes who are trying to misuse it. And, and understand that in general, the people who receive your stuff well and who it impacts, they're not going to say that to you pretty much ever, unless you're at an event like this or in a DM privately down the road. But sometimes you'll read a thing and be like, oh, wow, that really clarifies something for me. Like, awesome, cool, move on with your day. People are busy. Like, I don't always have time to be like, oh, wow, this thread is great. Um, I have to be like, oh, wow, this, th- okay, I got to go to a meeting, right? And that's everybody. Oh, wow, this thread is, oh, a, a customer came in the store. That happens. And so you don't always voice that. And so know that even if some people are, if people are trying to use your work to go counter to your point, it's because you did such a good job to be begin with making the case and they're fucking pissed about it keep making good points like don't let that stop you from engaging it's so funny because one of the ways that my work specifically has been not really weaponized but just like so exaggerated is people taking (laughs) like my personal tweets and this is this is one thing i know lots of you in the audience would say it i see lots of questions in here um about horny stuff but one of the thing one of the things that people like to say a lot is like oh waypoint is so horny waypoint is this and that and that's because i made a tweet on my personal account about austin saying bastion fucks like this is like and this is this is one of the things that i see all the time like i have waypoints um I have like a tab on my tweet deck where I could see people talking about Waypoint. And sometimes people are just like, oh, Waypoint's so horny. I'm like, are they talking about Waypoint, the site, or are they talking about the people behind Don't look at me like that. (laughs) It's mainly me. It's me. Do you know how many feet questions we have in here? That's my. That's That's you. I'm aware. But honestly, that's just strength. Well, and I think there's actually an interesting difference here, right? Which is like, I think we get a lot of like, Waypoint is horny. Because there is, we don't have like a really good set of linguistic tools for talking about jokes about sex versus horniness. But I never make jokes about. I know, sex but you know what the fuck. But it also, but like even the fact that like as a publication we choose to engage right. like on on those topics reflects like a general like conservative, and I don't I mean conservative in like the political like conservative yeah. like and more just like that's not really talked about like at other publications like even in a humorous sense right, right? like sex is just not usually part maybe it's an editorial maybe it's a feature or part of it but like it's that's part of the core tenets of waypoint is like we're going to talk about all this shit like whether it's uh, engaging with it politically or humorously leo and vincent from a way out are getting married and i'm going to they are going no they're wedding they kissed and they're in, in love head. and they kissed <laughs> it was all a dream in the right. game they were in Epilogue. the plane. right we kissed we kissed what's better than this guys being dudes <laughs> awesome do you have another question um, in the bucket? I do. Um, here's a good one. I'm, I'm just kind of going with the general ones that we can take up a little bit more time on because they're nice. What's some general life advice you would give to your past self? Oh, well, come back to me. I have to, I have to like, order the various things I say. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, do the thing, right? Like, uh, I spent a lot of time as a teenager and then in college and then just out of college. Be like, I want to be a writer. And then, like, not writing shit. Um, or being like, oh, I'd love to learn how to do video editing, and then like never opening Premiere, or I wish I could role, play more role-playing games, and then like never taking that step to go do that. Um, do the thing, right? Uh, like that is the hardest step. Is the hardest step is like step three, where you like you try the thing, and then it's really bad, and you did not do well. <laughs> but that first step is really hard too, and like committing the time when you know you're not good at it. Like if I had, if I could go back to when I was twenty, and say. Like, you're good enough to at least start this. I'd be so much further ahead than where I am now in so many different things. So, like, you know, I I say this a lot on Friends of the Table, but, like, to do it, you need to do it. And, like, that is it. Um, There are so many things that seem so scary. But you're a person, and the other people who do that job or who pursue that passion are also just people. Like, no one was born knowing how to be a great artist, right? So, like, uh, in the last year, one of the things that I've loved to do, and, I like, this isn't a thing I share, is, like, I have an iPad Pro, and I have one of the pencils, and, like, oh, I sketch every now and then. And I'm garbage here. Like, I am, like, do not ever fuck with anything I ever draw. But I enjoy it for me, and... It's a thing that I've forced myself to do because it is enjoyable and because one day maybe I'll be all right. Like, I'll be all right to, like, draw a thing and, like, oh, wow, cool, I drew that thing. Nice. And I won't be that until I start doing that. So that's my number one piece of advice is, like, to do it, do it. Like, go back or don't go back. Go forward. If you have time travel, go back in time, start over, and just do the thing. But, no, going forward, if there's a thing that you want to try to do, put yourself to it. It's not going to always go great. 
like understand that that if you're trying to enter a competitive market, there's a chance that you're not going to find a career there, but you're not going to get anywhere by just telling yourself, like, I, I want to be blank, you know? So that's my number one. Um, I will say I also tried to get into drawing a few years ago, and I bought one of those How to Draw Furries books, and I drew my, tried to draw my fursona a few times. And just What's your fursona? My fursona is a liger. Her name is Sophie. Sick. I'm into it. Um, for me, a few years ago, the way that I would have answered this question is take risks and like do things outside of your comfort zone and move away if you can. And the way that I would answer that question now being where I'm at in my life is take your time with stuff and figure out what a makes you feel good. Um, be your comfortable with, but still like it's pushing buttons and, see the thing that you can just do and take your time and do it till it feels good and then maybe take the risks when you can take them because not everybody can. Yeah, don't rush to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the thing I'd say to like me 10, 12 years ago or whatever is that you're a smart kid, but you're still a kid Mm. and smarts are a far more common commodity. You're still shaving that, the hair back for school pictures. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but no, it's it's this element of uh, when I was, you know, it's it's that Twain quote, right? Like, you know, when I was twenty, I thought my father was an idiot, and when I was thirty, I was surprised by how much he learned. Right. Like, you know, when I was young, I was so like I was in such a bubble. I had such little experience that I was really dogmatic about the things I thought because, like, I was a pretty smart guy, and so, like, of course, the way that I would order the world and order my life was the correct one. That was self-evident because, like, I was a bright kid. Like, everyone okay. said so. Mom and, dad, right. Mom and Dad did said so. Rob used to be McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. Yeah. And now he is a single black coffee. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think if I, if I go back, like, I would have been a lot more respectful of people who thought about things differently than I did and had different values than I did because as I get older, there are more and more of those arguments that you, like, have me, like, jerking awake at night. And I'm like, holy shit. I was a fucking idiot on that one. <laughs> like, I got that one wrong. I got that one wrong. They were totally right. I'm an idiot, and I wasted 10 years, like, picking that hill to die on. Got to hear both sides. I hear you, time. yeah. yeah. Rob Zachney, got to hear both sides. <laughs> Big if true. Yeah. <laughs> Don't impede on my turf, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think if I was to go back to myself, I would look him straight in the eye. Mm-hmm. Deep. Okay. Like I'm about to say something like... Super hand on shoulder. Yeah. And I would just look at him and go, Magusta. <laughs> and yeah, well, I think my response would be... It'd be yeah, sure, know. you can cut me if you need to use the urinal. That would be <laughs> Yeah. When someone offers you to let you skip the urinal, you do. Uh, no, I think... Um, like, one of the things that I, I'm, like, settling into in uh, my 30s now that, like, I have, like, a fairly comfortable career and, like, I'm feeling more confident about things is I have a tendency to, like, go back and look, like, how did I get there? Um, what were the things that allowed me to do what I did? Um, and, like, part of that skill, part of that's luck, part of that's being white. Um, and some of that was, like, people taking a chance and, like, looking around, right? Like, people saw something in me. But in order for that to happen, someone had to have actually looked around and looked for that right. person. And I think it's easy as your career goes along to just be focused on sort of yourself and you start thinking about your mortgage or your kids and all those things are very important. But like for someone else to get the same chance that I got, it's to go out there and like try and find, like be active, find that person. Yeah. Like find, especially these days where it's never been uh, easier to write, but it's never been harder to get noticed. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, incum- I wish I had started doing that earlier. It took me, it, t- it took me, you know, I got started when I was 15. I'll give myself some credit till my early 20s, but like roughly. 18 year old 12- Patrick is like a mentor to a 16 year old is actually very funny though. I just wish I had known, but I just wish I had known earlier to start thinking about, to recognize like the, the, the luck I had in having, that there were other people looking for people like me to, to, to make my advance. And so I have like this year, like I started, I literally started mentoring someone. Right. I was like this, this kid that I had interviewed for a story and he wanted to get into reporting. And I was like, I don't know how to be a mentor. I have no idea what to offer you. I do not have a syllabus. But if you want to talk for like 20 minutes each right. week and work through some stories, and then maybe at the end of this you can pitch Waypoint, <laughs> no guarantees. Uh, 
But like that, I was like, that feels like I'm putting something back out into the world that feels meaningful. And so I wish I had started doing that earlier. I mean, it's never too late, but that's, I wish that's something I had recognized earlier right. on. That would have actually like had this positive impact. Someone has to, someone has to give you a chance. And it's like, I could have done that earlier. Totally. I mean, like one of the things that I'm proudest of before Waypoint even is like when I was at Giant Bomb, Giant Bomb, first of all, gave me a chance, which was like, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You were gone, but thank you for leaving. I had so to I leave. Have the chance. <laughs> uh, but then, like, trusted me to take the chance of building the, the freelance program at the time, which let me work with people like Heather Alexandra and help offer the platform to people who did not have that platform at the time. And I'm like, I, I love everything we do at Waypoint. I'm happy to continue doing that with our freelance program. But for that space that had never had the opportunity to do that, beyond the top ten lists, which they do every year, which gave me a chance to do that. Um, also no money. You right. get paid to write a top ten list. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, like that was that's a thing that I I cannot help but say. Like if you're in a position to help other people, take that take that risk. Try to do that. Push for it because sometimes someone will say, "Oh, it's not really possible to help somebody else or like bring somebody else up." Push for it, and it takes pushing. And sometimes it doesn't take as much pushing as you think. And like like success is like all relative, right? They may not become like a full time employee at some website, but like being given right. a chance to like take a real swing at it. Totally. And if they found out it doesn't work out, at least they were given a chance to swing the bat. I'm sorry. I'm looking for an email from uh-huh. my father because oh. he sent this to me recently. Okay. Uh, I, maybe, I may have already told you about this. I can't find it now. But it was literally when I was like 21. It was an email I'd forwarded to my dad that I got from Patrick Klepek, who at the time I was trying to... Oh, okay. You were at G4. the back of my head. Yeah, you were at G4 at the time. And yeah. I was like, yo, do you need any... I wasn't like, yo. I was like, Mr. Klepek... Do you need any freelance writers to talk about the industry? And he was, and you gave me this really great response, which was like, not right now, because at the time it was the same situation. It's like, they didn't give me any freelance budget. <laughs> I couldn't pay you, um, but gave me a lot of great advice. And it's like a weird thing that literally a decade later, we were on a stage. What is that? Patrick just made a teardrop for people listening who can't see this. He did a teardrop or like a gang sign. I can't really tell. It's in between. It's in between. Yeah. I think we have time for one um, more bucket. Rob, I, Rob got a good question that I just wanted him to a- answer really fast because it's fast. All right. Yeah, this one's easy. Uh, Rob, I want to start reading about European history but don't know where to start. Help! Jack from Boston. Uh, well, Jack, uh, the place to start is Tony Jute's uh, post-war, uh, which if you're concerned about modern European history, uh, the post-World War II order is kind of like the founding moment of modernity. Uh, so Tony Jute is like probably the best historian of that post-war period, and uh, he's a great economist, and uh, yeah, and also a great, great stylist. So it'll be a fun read, it'll be informative, uh, and it's the best place to start. What about pre-World War II European history? Uh... I would say maybe go with uh, Christopher Clark. Uh, I mean, that's going to be focusing on Germany an awful lot. Sure. But, like, if you're concerned about, like, modern Europe, uh, like, Christopher Clark is kind of basically, like, telling the story of how uh, the Middle Ages sort of transitioned to the World War I order. Uh, so that's the other place. That's a, an interesting moment in time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, like, European history and, and medieval Europe, you see what's free today on Steam? Or is that only is that over? Have people oh, seen this? I mean, no, I think it's all weekend. Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings Two is just free on Steam forever. Go at it. Just even if you never think it's a game you'd like to play, please do me personally this favor. Go to Steam and add Crusader Kings Two for free to your account. It is one of my favorite games of all time. So go do. We should stream Crusader Kings Two at some point. That's a, that's a heavy lift. We'll finish Stellaris at some point, and then we'll have more time on our hands. Yeah, any day now. We're going to any the Any day. <laughs> um, I, we actually should we talk about have, a game. I was going to say, we only have four stream. minutes left, so maybe we should talk about, I'm talk about what's thing, coming up. What's coming up. Um, more of what we've been doing. So more XCOM, more Bloodborne, more Stellaris. Uh, we also have decided to do a thing that it turns out the rest of the Internet's already doing, which is play Fortnite finally. We are going to spend the next... Thanks, Drake. Thanks, Drake. Yeah. That's what happened. It was like, oh, it's God's plan. Fuck, I got to play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. um, we, uh, we're going to spend 14 days in a row playing Fortnite. Fortnite, Fortnite. The Fortnite, Fortnite. Uh, and 
that's going to be Monday through 14 days, and then we'll see where we're at. Like Starting Monday. Starting, starting Monday. Monday. So yeah. I don't know. Like, Crowbar and Sickle and the family are going to go to Fortnite and try we're to build go things. build a house and hide in it is what all I understand about Fortnite right now. We, only- build, we can our, build our own murder shack. We can. what I... Come in, maybe like you could build a murder shack and decorate like, it. Like Danica, you go out there. Hey, bring some people in. Like, yeah, hey. I'll give a voice chat. We're running a club McDonald's. here in Fortnite. Like, yes. we're not fighting. Did you see those people doing like footwork Pow. in Fortnite? It was sick. Joel, you saw that. This oh, was good. Um, footwork is dancing for. Okay. The Don't only the it. only thing that I have retained about Fortnite is Travis Scott saying, "Bitch, eat my dick. Let's get it." <laughs> And that has That's been all. the way And I'm ready to play. Channel. I'm ready to play. Thank you for hanging out, everybody. That is going to do it for us. Uh, I don't think we have any other big news coming up, do we? We have to think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Good sounds. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out and for supporting us as always. If your questions didn't get read, that's just normal. Sorry. Magusta. Magusta. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.